life on the road. It's these tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. I got a poker game on this side of the town. Monday night poker game. That I'm just starting back to uh, playing. I was a stay-at-home dad for like the last four months. So now I'm getting out of the house. It was good. Super challenging, but... My brother's been doing it. I had an awesome, you know, like everything else. It was fucking great at times, and I wanted to fucking shoot myself in the head other times. Just like life. With one kid. With one kid, yeah. (laughs) I don't know how anybody does it with more. I know. My mom had four. And she did it like effortlessly. Was your dad not around? No, he was around. Oh, okay. And he was actually... very, you know, very progressive. Like, you know, yeah. he did, helped out with laundry. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a big deal that he did. He did everything. Helped clean, did laundry, do whatever. They both. But I'm still four kids. Oy, oy, oy. All right. Now forget about it, man. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Road Stories. I am your host, Murray Valeriano. Uh, what's going on? How are you guys doing today? Everything good with your life? Uh, uh, shoot me an email. Let me know what's happening. I'm adjusting some uh, some knobs here. <laughs> knobs. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 12 years old. I've been hanging out with a three and a half year old. Knobs are funny to me. You want to talk butts later? I can I can do 10 minutes on butts and farts. What do you want? I'm kind of on the road. I'm uh, I've I've moved my portable studio uh, to a different studio to the uh, to the studio of one comedian named Todd Glass. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I really appreciate you doing this, man. I'm I'm happy to do it. I I you know I love. It's I'm only I preface everything I say. Um, you know, you had called me last year, and the reason I, I go, I got to do his podcast, and I was going to tell you this off the air, but I was like, I want to do it right. mainly like for a reason that's not even important. But like when I was doing all those fixing the air conditioning last year you at know, the festival, the year before, oh yeah, 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 and like you know, trying to make it work, and I think I did. I did some things, yeah, that yeah. really, you know, not just uh, you were. I felt like you were the one sort of acknowledging it. It made me feel so good. I'm like, Murray really gets it. You're like, man, you like really were. You know, you do it because you want to make a situation right, but a little accolade, you know, right? Like, sure, Murray's giving me all the accolade I need over there. I gotta. He seems like I, I should do his podcast. Well, this is well. Let's tell him what happened. This was at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. It was the stand up night. Uh, I think I was hosting that night. Yeah. I was hosting with hands, foot, and mouth disease. I don't know if I told you that part. No. I, was, I don't know if you remember this, but I was really sick. I remember. I do remember that. You and, masked it pretty well on stage. Yeah, yeah. And I got a separate microphone because I was literally, I was driving to the festival and the doctor called and said, your son has hands, foot, and mouth disease. That's what you have. Click. Like it was a message. And I called her back. I'm like, what does that mean? And then I read that it's highly contagious. And I'm like, oh, man, the last thing I want to do is go to this comedy festival and give everybody, you know, a thousand people hands, foot and mouth disease. Um, but it turns out it's not very uh, contagious through adults. So, but you but still I, used a separate mic. I didn't find that out till the day after. So I was completely paranoid. Right. I, I hardly took pictures with anybody. I didn't shake anybody's hand. I got a separate microphone. And uh, but but having said but for some reason, the festival, the show, like. It was like 90 degrees. Well, again, and I should, just in case, they, they do, I, I admire so much because I'm very particular, everything at that festival. Every year, it was great from the year one, but every yeah. year, they whatever it is, they fix it just the way you want to see it. Like, yeah. wow, that got better this year and better. But there was a problem with air that year, 
And I always believe I can fix most problems. I'm a good troubleshooter. Right. So it was freezing in the lobby. The air was working there. But mm-hmm. in the rooms, it wasn't. So they didn't have any fans. But I'm like, I'm going to fix this. And, I and there's like 400 people. There's 400 people packed. in the room. Cool in the lobby. So it's like, what do we do? There's cool air out here. Mm-hmm. Can we waft it in there? And to waft it in there, you... So I was like asking the manager who was really nice at the hotel. He goes, we do have those things like, you know, when there's a flood and they have to dry it. They're these weird looking, they're these weird looking like, uh, they almost look like a, a snail shell. They wrap around and yeah, they yeah. blow air. And like they got those big tubes going yeah, from the. Right. And, but they had the tubes off. It looks like something that would power a, uh, one of those jumpy things. Like a know, bounce house, a bounce house, yeah, like yeah. that big of a, and it blew air. So, you know, and they weren't that noisy. So right. we put them out in the lobby. You got about three, three of them. And we opened the doors in the back and he, you know, I'll go along with this. When people aren't and what, what bothers me sometimes and it shouldn't, it's my own thing is that when people aren't go, weighing one bad against the other, in mm. other words, there will be noise and yeah. I don't like noise. Right. So if it wasn't that hot in there, if it was like, yeah, it's not, then it's not fucking worth doing. Yeah, but yeah. when it's that hot, People go, yeah, we'll take a little bit of noise, mm-hmm. and that's what it did. And within, I think, three minutes, the room was really nice. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like, well, it's a little better, but it still sucks. No, it was great. And then you were like, giving, you were feeding my, you know, whatever that is, my ego. But <laughs> right. you were like, God, you yeah, look at you, and I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was super impressed, man. That you would. The reason I, I was probably more. Uh, I don't know. I was going to say infatuated, but that's the wrong word. More uh, intrigued, although I could be infatuated. Who knows? Uh, more intrigued was um, the first time I ever, I don't know, not known you or talked to you, which you probably don't even remember this, was Jackie Cation's original podcast was phone-in. And I was on as a phone-in guest, and you were on as a phone-in guest, but you were in... I don't know, Philly or something yeah, on the road. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe you're at helium or, or something. And you were, you were on your phone and you were going around fixing the tables and the lighting in the club. Oh, I did that actually on the podcast. Yeah. 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 I was on the, I was on the other phone on the other side, listening to this, uh, waiting to talk. Cause I felt bad. I was like, I have to do this, but I'm doing, she was do it on the air. It was something like she was just doing right, right. it. And I was like doing my, my spin on clubs at uh, good old helium in Philadelphia. Now, is that but, something you do? Do you find a, a lot? To fix, I, I, you, by the way, just to make this very clear, sure. I, I could talk about this a hundred more times. So my paranoia isn't because I'm tired of talking about it's because I'm tired. I'm worried people are tired of talking about it. So I'll make it quick. Oh, okay. Again, uh, yeah, I do. I go into clubs and I do my thing. And, and most clubs, they all let me because, you know, I'll do it myself. Sure. It's usually simple stuff like, you know, like I go in, I'll, uh, I like things a little darker than usual. I mm-hmm. like the right music playing as mm-hmm. the crowd's walking in. So I usually, yeah, I put my spin on all the clubs. And lately I've been traveling different markets, but I have a two-piece, like drums and a keyboard. Oh, you travel and, with that? What? You travel with that? No, I, ha- I get them in every market. Oh, okay. And then I'll have them play jazz as people are coming in. So people walk into the club. It's like got a red glow to it because we'll gel some of the red. Sure. G- gel lights down. And then they walk in. There's like two guys with suits or a guy and a girl wearing black, you know, playing yeah, yeah. jazz. It just makes the whole experience like, very special. So, <laughs> you yeah. travel with your own gels? I do keep some gels in my, in my bag. You know what gels are, of course, right? I know what gels yeah, are. My do sister-in-law, she goes, what are gels? I'm like, those, oh, yeah. Those <laughs> shoes the dude wore in Big Lebowski? What are those? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I'm gelling. Uh, uh, 
Uh, now is that really is that because I feel like I've heard you several times on podcasts, but I, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever really heard I you do. talk about it. I keep them because sometimes the green room will be a little too bright, mm-hmm. so they're like you know those things last forever. You just right, yeah. rip them off or they they stay, and I grab new ones every so often. I'll go over to Michael's here in Los Angeles, but a lot of times it's for my hotel room because I like to invite people back to the hotel room. Uh-huh. It's big enough, and there's like a sofa area. And, you know, it, it, what you get just from gelling one or two lights, red or blue, whatever, I change it around, and then people walk into a room that's red, and there's some cool jazz music yeah, yeah. playing, and they walk in, you're smoking pot, you light a candle, you right. sit around it like it's the fire pit, you know? <laughs> and then, so, yeah, th- and those gels are like night and day. It doesn't, my thing is, I always say, it doesn't change the room a little. It's fucking really? big deal. People walk in, they're like, what? This is. I used to put a blue bandana over a lamp in college. Same thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Same thing. It's I didn't like, know what a gel was back then. Yeah. The, really. The, the, the gels don't catch on fire. That's the good. <laughs> but um. But anyway, yeah. But you can't wear your gels around your uh, head. You can. Well, you could. <laughs> in your lover boy cover band. <laughs> that's a, really you would, and you bring people back to your room. Yeah, a lot of times, like you know, if it's the people other you just met, or no, no, or the usually, opener, or you know, uh, um. Usually, it, it'll be some people from the club, right? Uh, but definitely the other comedians. Like yeah. a lot of times, you know, if if you're friendly to the other comedians the first time you're in, the next time you're in, they come around and you remember them. You might yeah, be yeah. friends you only see once a year. You know the deal. Um, but yeah, like sometimes even six, seven people, you know, just come back to the room. It's you can order room service. You right. want to order some pizzas back to the room, and if there's nowhere cool to go hang out, you know, I know that I'm going to walk into like tranquil atmosphere it's all set up it's ready to go you got the jazz trio in the corner the jazz. <laughs> that's, that's actually not a bad idea you should do it hey man i'm pretty good on the guitar are you really oh yeah yeah i wish yeah. i could play an instrument that's the one thing that if i had any like i don't climb mountains yeah i'm, I'm a little lazy i happen to love stand-up so that's just by nature you're lazy but, um i'm lazy if my stand-up in the podcast yeah, because you go, well, you do those consistently because right. I fucking love them. I yeah, think, yeah. To me, I think lazy, if there's something you want to do, but it would take a little effort. A little okay. Bit. So I can be a little lazy with that. But do I'm you feel lazy. physical lazy, like going out and doing stuff? Because you look in good shape. You look fit yeah, I, for I a 59-year-old guy. Yeah, you I'm, look... not, I'm not 59. <laughs> uh, but, uh, he, he, he called me old and uh, going nowhere earlier. Well... <laughs> I'm not gonna. It was it was it was within a bit. Um, <laughs> now I'm paranoid. You really think? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> no, I just uh, wanna, I just come. I have people come on and I throw them under the bus. That's the whole. That the, that's the whole crux of oh, this. You, you know, it's Murray throws people under the bus. Yeah, yeah. It's Murray. It's Murray. He'll throw you under that bus. It's Murray. It's Murray. Don't make a big fuss. It's Murray. All right. No, I'm isolating that. Can you put re- to, uh, reverb in that? Would yeah, I've got it? a whole system right yeah. here. We could uh, maybe in post. Yeah, I could throw a, f- a chorus on there. Yeah, a little like bit that. delay. Um, maybe a flanger. But yeah, I do like to go back. To, uh, you know, my favorite thing I've talked about this is I love to go on the road, hang out with comedians. There's nothing better. Nothing better. Excuse me. That's why I started this podcast. I wanted to take. Uh, the shit we talk about at the bar, or used to talk about at the bar on Thursday nights at the Improv, mm-hmm. and just throw some mics up and have a good time. And every time I do that, and I'm like, and I'm having one of those mornings where, fuck, I don't want to do this today. I don't want to do this. Maybe I'll call them and cancel. And then within 10 minutes, dude, I'm spry. I'm, uh, I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm talking. We're laughing. And then I'm like, That's man. funny. Same. Once in a blue moon, my podcast is literally, besides stand-up, they're my two favorite things in the world to do. But there are times when I go... Oh, but once I'm in there, I fucking love it. I just yeah, can't yeah. get enough of it. Yeah, yeah the the, uh, the um, 
And you know, you asked me before, and I like moved past it because I thought it sounded weird. Like as far as like, who do you invite to the? It, I do. I will invite um, some people. Sometimes you get a gist of them. You know, yeah. like someone that's hanging out at the show, or you they came last year and they gave you something, and you remember them. And you know what? I I put numbers on everything. I bet ninety five percent of the time. It's great. Right. And the 5% of the time, what isn't great, it's not a big deal either. Maybe someone can't chill or they can't hang or yeah. they had a little too much to drink. And you creatively just go, all right, everybody, you know. But 95% of the time, overwhelmingly, even some, a stranger or two, mm -hmm. you know, and mix them in with all the comedians, um, they're great. And they're yeah. awesome. And it's fun to have new friends. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like you're in high school again. So and you get to have It's fun life. to go back to that market and see them. Because I've I've done I've well, I don't I've never really invited right, him right, back to my right. hotel room, but I've gone out for drinks after, and I'm like, my, Michael Cott, what's up? You're probably listening to this. He came out to a show in Sacramento, and we hung out and had drinks, and we've become friends since. So yeah, and, and like you said, you might you, you we were saying before, you might never see them until you go back to that mm -hmm. city, and they always just know, you know, maybe this is complimenting myself, but I guess what the fuck, right? It seems like if you do. If, if, you're, if your act doesn't feed idiots, yeah, you know what I mean? You, could, you By what you talk about, you, yeah, yeah. you feed, you either feed people that seem to be kind and gentle and nice and warm that can still like crass. Sure, sure. People can be kind and gentle and nice and not want fucking church comedy. Right. But just the fact that whoever you're, you know, verbally punching, you're always like, I say punching the right people. I think if you tend to punch the right people... Um, and only history will write that, because I've mm -hmm. said this before. Everybody does the same thing. Everybody just should do what they fucking want. And then, you know, I do care that my niece and nephew might listen to my work after I'm gone and not be embarrassed yeah. uh, with their friends. Because that will happen. Sure. That will happen. They will. That As weird as that sounds. Uh, so anyway, you if you feed the right people, they're the ones you get to meet. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, when I meet people, like... I'm I'm proud. I'm like, oh, if that's what I'm drawing, and if that's who would feel comfortable at my show, you know, then uh, okay, maybe that's the reward you get for trying to do the right thing, you know? Yeah, that's a really cool way of looking at it. I never really looked at it that way. Yeah. Um, certain people, they, they don't directly... I know people that will... I know radio people, especially, like mm -hmm. back in the day, that would complain about their audience, or sometimes, you know, some of the, well, I won't even mention it, but uh, especially radio audiences, and they didn't realize what they were saying. They would be like, ah, those audiences, we did a live remote, those fucking idiots. And you're <laughs> like, oh, you don't think you have anything to do with that. You analytically right. probably do. If I said, you know, you have something to do with that, which I never did, they'd go, well, but they don't realize it or they wouldn't be saying it because what, what they're basically saying is, oh, you know the audience we draw because yeah. of the shit we do? We hate them. You know the morons that listen to me? Holy. Yeah, yeah. boy. They, well, they want to say something progressive and maybe you'll wipe out a few of those motherfuckers. Well, I'm going to be less snotty on the road now, man. <laughs> uh, don't talk to the talent. I've uh, no, Nobody comes back to the hotel room. I'm sorry, motel room they put me up in. <laughs> now, did you ever, like, early on, did you ever go out with the audience and just end up in... Because I learned I learned early on that, you know, I could die. I don't know why I'm outside uh, of Spokane, 30 minutes outside of Spokane at a so-called kegger with crystal meth. I probably shouldn't be here. You know, maybe... It's, uh, it's funny you say that because I don't think I've ever really talked about that's the 5% maybe that I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh yeah, 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 yeah. And you you know, even that is a story, right. you know, the next day, but yeah, we've gone back to people's house, you know, or something. And a lot of times you get back again, it's great. You're like, this is so cool. I'm at someone's house and yeah. you know, 
uh, especially with podcasting, they, know, they even know how you like things. So they're like, you want to come back to the house? We'll have the lights real low, we'll light a fire. You're like, but um, I got a new gel. Some weird, uh, yeah, one night I ended up back where everyone was doing a Coke. And right. I'm, I'm not a Coke person. Yeah. You know? And I remember just going, me and the other comedian, we were like, and they couldn't, we didn't want them to drive and we couldn't get a cab. Mm-hmm. So we decided we'll just walk. But it was, it was nothing was going. Like, we thought, we'll walk to a gas station. We'll get a cab there. And the guy said, it's hard to get cabs around here. But we eventually got home. We right. eventually got home. But yeah, those, those. Like, like, like early days, though. Early days, you mean like, like I started comedy when I was 16. You started 16? Mm-hmm. I'm jealous, man. Night, well, you know. still. Yeah, but I did it every week. Uh, I didn't get to stand up till 25. 25? Yeah. That's still pretty young. I mean, I know people that have even started. Really? Yeah, I know people all over the gambit. I mean, I'm surprised that I'm still surprised like guys like Brandon Wardell or like, you know, uh, who are so young and 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 Whittemer Thomas, guys like right, that right. who started really young. But even Dave Chappelle, I think, started at like sixteen yeah. years old too. Yeah, like I hear stories of dads having to walk them in and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't ever have, all those guys I've heard uh, uh, some of those guys, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I've heard that me, I always looked, you know, I looked I think when I was 16, I probably looked 24. Yeah. I always looked a lot older. So it's weird. I got in the bars and did mm-hmm. comedy. I don't think, I don't remember one situation. Well, I do, you know, you said about early stories, and this, I'll just transfer right over to because oh, I do. just thought of it by you asking me that. I remember one, this isn't at someone's house, mm-hmm. but I did a one nighter. And when I got there, uh, I was just hanging out. I went with my friend who was performing, and then the headliner didn't show up. So I was like, I'll go up. And then right. afterwards, the guy didn't want to pay me. Oh, wow. He's like, well, I'll deal with uh, the guy, whoever his name was, Paul Solari, probably, <laughs> the booker. He goes, I'll deal with him. And I was like, what? And then some guy comes over to me. We're outside eh, arguing, but nothing major. Yeah, yeah. And the guy comes over afterwards. After we're all done, he goes, come over here. Can I tell you what you got to do? You just and he had this accent. He goes, yeah. "You just got it because it was like a bar. Yeah. You know, you know how it is. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not a comedy club. This is just a bar." He goes, "You got to take a deep breath and let this go." I remember thinking he's right. He goes, "And you come back here later with a brick, you throw it through that fucking window." I'm like, "All right, this is not. <laughs> you're not not as, a, not as spiritual as I thought." <laughs> well, this guy's gonna lay some wisdom on me. You fucking burn this place to yeah. the ground. You, you take. <laughs> You take a deep breath, come back here, you burn this motherfucker, right? Why am I using the word motherfucker a lot? I When it's saying it, it doesn't bother me, but uh-huh. when I re-listen to it, I don't like it. You know, I'm the same. I say fuck a lot. I don't mind saying fuck doesn't it's hurt my ears as much. Motherfucker, again, Why is that? probably my favorite word. Yeah. Uh, maybe when it's unnecessary. Like, even with fuck, I try not to slip in the fuck, even though I love the word. Yeah. And by the way, it's actually socially okay you know it's not it's not about any group it's just about right. fuck um again doesn't mean what it used to mean what does fuck used to mean well fuck i think i don't think fuck unless you're talking about oh, the act of fucking right 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 it just means it it's just, an adjective yeah now, it's an adjective almost. now um and the reason it's an adjective except for just you, you might want to give it up just because grammatically you you, you want to sound you know you want to sound intelligent but um the only reason i get, stay away from fuck is if i uh i don't like when it creeps into beautiful things like what a fucking beautiful day i'm like you know what <laughs> i don't need it it just sounds wrong <laughs> or even in my act you are sometimes. fucking gorgeous yeah like, you are ooh, that takes it to you know creepy. what though that could be like god she was fucking amazing she was beautiful i don't know why i'm saying she because i'm so used to well i could see a beautiful girl <laughs> 
<laughs> I can see a beautiful guy. Right. I see one every time I look in the mirror. Thank you. Hello, hey, operator. What? We'll be back. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm fucking so socially. Like, I'm, yeah, I was just talking to a booker of a television show, and he didn't mind that I said fuck on my tape. I was like, oh, man, I didn't want to give it to him because I'm like, you know what? I said fuck. I was in playing. And he's like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. I hear fuck on the late night all the time now. Now they just bleep it. Now they bleep it, yeah. It is a great, again, the, the, it's, it's sometimes it's like, look, if it was about, like, because we were talking about this before we started mm-hmm. the show about different words. That, yeah. You know, I might have used at one point, and you, later you, you, you're, you're genuinely mortified by right. it. Uh, but that one, it's, you know, it's one we don't really have to give up because, you know, it's just, it's not, you know, it's not, a, it's not using someone's being as a, as a yeah, negative, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, it's, but, but, but again, motherfucker for whatever the reason, like that word is just like, I, I use it a lot and you don't like it. I don't like it. Huh. I don't like it after I started, not necessarily on stage, but on the podcast. Yeah. And when I re-listen to it, sometimes I'm like, Ooh. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yet, when I'm saying it, I don't even. Think I don't. About it. I don't think I say motherfucker a lot. I say fuck a lot, but I don't say motherfucker a lot. You know, it's interesting. We're talking about words and, and learning and stuff, and kind of ties to this. Is I had somebody, and forgive me. I know you're probably listening. I said I would never say your name, and <laughs> now like five people's butts are puckering right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I wrote him about this. Um, I and I won't say your name, but um, and I just ran over your email, and I'm talking to the computer <laughs> like you're like you're there. <laughs> He's actually making eye contact with the computer. <laughs> like is... you're like, um, but I, I'm not against learning things. And, and we, and I've, we've talked about, uh, words that are offensive and stuff. And I was talking about a joke a friend of mine did about people with hair lips. And I got an email from a woman saying, just so you know, that's a very offensive term. It was used to, um, I should bring up the email and read it because I'm, I'm butchering it right now. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. What that, is the actual term? Uh, cleft palate. See, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because this is my never-ending thing, talking about this stuff. And I agree with you. What is the crime? What, I think people a lot of times they'll hold on to a word because they didn't mean it with ill intent. I like to say this. No one's judging you for using any word. Uh-huh. And we don't think there should be a court order to get you to stop it. Everybody should do exactly what they fucking want. Right. That's the end of story. But that doesn't mean inwardly you could want to change a word you used. And it does, it, if, if, if it doesn't have to have ill intent, I don't think anybody did anything wrong until someone educates you. So instead of wasting energy going, oh, here's why I did it, no one's judging you that you did yeah, yeah. it. No one's, how about, maybe there are, no one, no one uh, sane is judging you for why you did it in the past. Right. They don't care. Right. They're going, no, no one's judging you at all. They are, if they're going to be doing judging, judging you for once information was brought to you intelligently and kindly. And someone said, hey, here's how we don't like that word. Then I get like, wow. And they want to use all their energy. Go, well, I grew up here. I use that word. No, no one cares. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, once someone, in, you know, calmly and nicely educated you. What's the big deal to stop using the word? And right. you know what? If you decide you're going to stop using it, eventually it gets out of your lexicon. Yeah, yeah. You'll slip and you'll say it. Sure. You know, I did. I did with the word uh, retarded. Uh-huh. Uh, someone explained to me nicely why I shouldn't use that word. I wasn't offended. I wasn't. Right. They weren't being a bully. They yeah, were yeah. just being nice and kind. And if it, it and if it's because someone asked me this once, they go, "I'm always afraid when I slip and say it, or people judging me." I go. Look, I don't know what people are doing, but I can tell you what I hear. If I'm in the, if I'm here, somebody in another room, and they're saying, "So anyway, it was just so stupid, it was retarded." And they went, "Excuse me, clumsy." Right. I go, "We you know what I think is in the other room. 
an intelligent person yeah. going through <laughs> that period. I don't go, oh, no, if they were the ultimate of it, they would. No, I think, oh, that's so it's just if, if you want it out of your lexicon and you give half a shit about it. Right. It'll come out. But it takes maybe maybe a half a year. And then eventually, you know, you go, oh, I've. I'm not using that word anymore. Right, but I, I never heard that about hair lips. So neither did I. And so, yeah. and, and I wish, and I should, again, I'm an idiot because I've done this several times to talk about somebody's email. I could probably get it, but I'm not. <laughs> but again, it, right? We do the same thing on the show. We go, we have a computer right <laughs> no, here. I, We're like, what was that? What year was that? <laughs> do you think? Yeah, why don't we just do a search? Yeah, you know, and so far, like my my wife is in. All my listeners know I love her more than anything in the world, but she is always, she's one of those people like phones are killing us. The computer is, the cell phones are killing us. Everybody is on. And I was at the beach the other day and none of us had our phones. And you know how our conversation went? Dude, remember that movie in 83? The one with, uh, Christ, you know, the guy who was in the deer hunter, uh, De Niro, not De Niro. Then when you try to think of someone to help you, you don't know that either. You're like, you can't think of the actor. So then you go, okay, who, what was the move? And then you're, then you're, <laughs> yeah, you're just going down yeah. more and more. And, and he, there's a commercial for Volkswagen. He did. And, and I, 45 minutes of that was our conversation without our phones. If we had our phone, it would have been, it Hey, been. and and you know what? You know, sometimes I wonder like why I talk about the same thing over and over again. And I think because it comes up indirectly over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the thing with the cell phone, right. I don't know why it's so important to me every time I hear that to sort of give my stance on it. Maybe because I think I can change people's behavior. But I always say, if you just use some social stats, whatever you think is killing the generation, it never was. Like, we're, we, when's the last time you heard a story about, oh, all the dumb kids in the 50s that all they did was sit around and watch TV? Because that's, what, that, that's oh, yeah. what the older generation yeah, thought. Yeah. When's the last time you heard, well, you, the era of books where they ruined everybody because <laughs> right. people were just so in a fantasy. So a good way to find out if what you think is going to be the legacy of the, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, the phones, it, it never has in the past. Right. It's probably what happens is not that that's not a part of it and not that I have friends and the bad part about cell phones, and there is, it, mm. it is a little easier to be distracted. Sure. And, oh. But you're in control over it. So if you make some rules with most of your friends, all my close friends, we have cell phone rules, and no one gets mad if you go. Really? If, if, if someone reminds me, because I'm the sort of the king of it, so, uh-huh. but I need to be reminded. Sometimes when someone has to remind me, they think I'm going to puff up a little bit. They're like, God, I know. But I go, no, no, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even doing anything important. I'm scrolling through. Um we don't mind, and we set some good rules. So the negative part about cell phones are in your control. Mm-hmm. But I think what's going to super succeed, supersede the, um, again, yeah, I get it. It's annoying. You get into an elevator. I remember. Now, put it down. Say yeah, yeah, hi yeah. to someone. Don't talk through the line at the grocery store. But these are all controllable things. I don't think that's how history is going to write itself. It's going to be the knowledge and the intelligence and the and the things it brought to people. Right. And it's like a knife. It's like, let's get rid of knives. I mean, they stab people. How the fuck <laughs> is this going to be an argument? Yeah. Knives kill people. And then you go, they operate on people. You go, oh, oh. it starts tipping the scale. <laughs> and I think that's how cell phones are. Yeah. It's right. Because I, I say the same thing. Whenever my wife would go down that path, I go, oh, man, they said the same thing about the horseless carriage. This is the, <laughs> this is the death of all of us. They do. And, you know, I just heard books i never knew that like i love being locked and loaded with examples yeah someone t- i go books how to me though they go yeah because not books maybe with knowledge 
you know, like where it was right, like, right. but it was like uh, science fiction mm-hmm. or, or, you know, or, you know. Probably because of the storytelling aspect of it. Is that? They thought it would get people lost in this. Someone just told me this a week ago. Uh-huh. I'm probably not doing a good job of, but it was the same thing with books. It right. was like, oh, they're going to be the end of us. And, you know, <laughs> people probably were sitting around reading books. Yeah. But and now we don't read enough. Mm-hmm. That's what my wife tells me. We don't read enough. Then does she read a lot? She's a big reader. Yeah. Um, you know, very funny, and I won't say who said this observation because it would sound like I was name-dropping Dennis Quaid. Um, I Is that true? No, no. I don't know, <laughs> know where I pulled Dennis Quaid out of my ass. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't think of uh, George Clooney's name, and I came up with Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. <laughs> uh, but he said, he's like, remember when there were phone booths? And if you were to, like, even touch the doorknob of a phone booth, hey, whoa, privacy, privacy, I'm in here. What the, what are you doing? What are you doing? Dude, this guy's. Try- I'm trying to talk here. Get some privacy now. Everybody's on the phone. My wife had her second abortion, and it's it's just a complete turnaround. Yeah, and, and even though, like, again, like, I think if you defend phones, people think, oh, doesn't he say no, no? Hey, believe me, the pho- not even yelling. Like, let's say yelling on a scale from one to ten on your cell phone. Ten's yelling. Like what yeah. we hear. You know, to me, the to, to the category that I deal with more than that is the um, uh, ten is yelling. Ten is like, okay, that guy's the girl's got a problem, right? But the, the fives and sixes, like, yeah, you're not yelling, but still, I, I shouldn't be able to hear your conversation. Uh, but again, that's all controllable. I'm yeah. really aware of that. That's why I don't never wanted the Bluetooth, because you don't have to yell for a Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. But you have to talk at a normal volume. And sometimes a normal volume, normal volume is too loud. Yeah. So with the earpiece, you can pull it, you know, you take it, you pull it over to mm-hmm. your mouth and you go, hey, uh. Yeah, I'm on the treadmill, but can I call you back in 20 minutes? You know, so right. anyway, it's, it's I your should, show, and I feel like I'm leading off to just... No, uh, nobody likes me. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I meant, like, you know, I don't want to, like, go off on these tangents no, of stuff that that's I... All, that's all my show is, tangents. Okay. Thanks for listening to it beforehand, though. I, uh, <laughs> I want to adopt some uh, cell phone rules. I think that's a good idea. Now, do you, how do you feel about, I mean, have you had to de- obviously you've had to deal with cell phones in, in audiences. I have See how a, I bring it around back to my show? I know, I like I'm it. I'm an expert. I'm a pro. I, I have a way I deal with that. I think I get rid of almost all of it to the, to the eye the majority of the time. Really? And what I do is I do my own announcement at clubs. You mm-hmm. know, it's, if I'm working a new club, I always say, you know, call them on the phone. Go, here's some things I like to do if you're okay with that. I hear great things about your club. Most of the clubs I've been to. And I make my own announcement, you know, when it's five minutes before showtime. Yeah. And I don't think you can get rid of that stuff by going, ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the thing. Remember to turn your cell phones off and please no texting during the show. Keep, I go, I go, hey, everybody, uh, as I think as years have evolved that people might know it's me. I go, hey, everybody, it's Todd. Right. Um, I wanted to start the show from the back. Since it's a two-person show and there's no host tonight, I thought I would just come on and welcome you all here. And I go, uh, listen, when it comes to the cell phones, there's no fast way to do this where it's going to like stick in your head. I go, I promise you, I get it. It's tempting. Even the texting sometimes yeah. you think I'm just one person in 300. But we look out and we see 50 people. So I promise you, if you turn yourself off from the outside world, we'll throw that love right back at you. And I do need to be honest with you affectionately. There will be people that still pull out their cell phones. All I can tell you now, all eyes will go to you. Right. If you're pulling it out and you're putting it near your knee, all eyes will go to you and you will look like a dick. <laughs> and it gets rid of the majority. Really? Of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it amazing. It gets rid of the majority of it. And I'm, and I, and because, yeah, it is hard. It is hard to look out there and see them on their uh, oh, yeah. cell phones. I'm going to adopt that, man. I think that's a... It works. I it think works. that's a good idea. You have to explain to them why. It's like yeah. my doctor used to tell me to floss, 
but he didn't tell me why I had to floss. He would just go, you're flossing, you're flossing. But if you tell people why to get off their phones and you educate them, oh, yeah, they see 50 of us. Right. You know, um, so I think, I think you just, it, it does work. And even with the heckling, I deal with that. I go, let me explain something, you know. A lot of people, uh, uh, one of the biggest misconceptions with no sarcasm at all. Uh -huh. And sometimes I'll even break and I'll go, hey, by the way, I want to make sure you all know this announcement is not meant to be disrespectful. And if it comes off that way, genuinely, it's not. Right. I wouldn't rip through this if I didn't have an amazing amount of respect for the crowd. And I want this to be special. Yeah. So it's worth taking a minute to make it special. I go, um, but uh, some people thought yelling out's part of the show. They really did. They've never been to a comedy mm -hmm. club. I should let you know now. It's not. Right. And um, I stole a line from the punchline in San Francisco. I love it. I go, and I should let you know, and I don't make the rules here at the club. They don't have a warning policy at this club, which I can't say it bothers me. I sort of like <laughs> it. But we should let you know, if you heckle once, they just have to ask you to leave the showroom. There's no warning. It's just you heckle, you leave. Right, right. So I think that would be good. And the only reason we've done that is because that's how our customers have wanted it. The the Or I say them. But yeah, the, yeah. Punchline did it that way. They go, and the only reason we do that because that's the way our customers have wanted it since we opened our doors in 1982. <laughs> and I love that. It's like, it, yeah. it's not us. We don't give a shit. Our customers don't want to hear you yell. Right, Shut right. the fuck up. Yeah, wow. Is the reason you have a two-man show is because your opening speech is 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> it gets, you know what? It gets so long. Murphy, but I throw them under it. the bus. <laughs> it gets longer. It does. Sometimes I think, God, it's getting, I try to keep it. It ends up being three minutes. Right. But it gets a laugh or so yeah. here and there. I do something. But uh, it tell you what, when, when I send the middle guy up there, uh -huh. I love this. Majority of the time they come to me, they're like, wow, I've never been handed an audience that civil before. Wow. You know? And I put I put time between that message and the bringing up the first act, yeah. and I'm all done. I go, other than that, folks, we're glad you're here. I don't want to say are you in a good mood or anything. Right, I just right. go, we're glad you're here. I go, by the sounds of it, it sounds like everybody's in good spirits. And guess what? It's showtime, real soft. And then the two-piece band or pre-recorded music, sure. boom, ba-dum, bam, 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 for like 20 seconds, boom, blackout. Ladies and gentlemen, Chip Chantry, the first <laughs> act. He walks to the mic, starts telling his jokes, not how you doing, just boom. At, walks to that mic like a like Bobby Miyamoto, some of the guys I use on the road. Yeah, they just, I love yeah, Bobby. He's a good guy. Bobby does a he's, – he's amazing because I like the guys. I set it up. I will get that crowd. There will be no talking. I'll start the show 10 minutes late. I'll tell the club if it means drinks going out, maybe they're coming in late. I will hand you the most civil audience. All I need you to do is go to that mic, do whatever you do. If it's calm, I don't want – just walk to the mic. Start telling jokes. Hmm. You know? Awesome. And, I, and it works. I love the idea of just explaining it to them. You know, I mean, and I, I try to think, I try and I try to keep that in my mind too, because I remember I, I grew up skiing. You're a Pennsylvania guy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up skiing. We said, where did we go? Where'd you grow up? Uh, primarily New Jersey. Where so, in Jersey? A uh, little town near Wayne. Near Wayne, New Jersey? You know Wayne, New Jersey? Well, I lived in Wayne, Pennsylvania, so I always hear Oh, about. yeah, there's a Wayne, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, where's that? West, West Side? Uh, near like Valley Forge area, Mainline, King of Prussia, Paoli, Irwin, for all your Philadelphia people. In. Okay, keep going. Keep going. I'm yeah, you're saying nothing. Well, Villanova, King of Prussia, <laughs> Gladwin, uh, uh, Lafayette Hills, Fort Myers. Is there a Wawa around there somewhere? Oh God, don't get me started <laughs> with Wawa. Have you ever been to a Wawa? Oh, I've been to a Wawa. My, uh, I have. A lot of my family lives in the Philadelphia area. But I interrupted you. You were going to say something about. Oh, uh, just explaining. Then that like that makes so much sense. And I remember, I remember growing up skiing when I was somebody was teaching me how to ski. The 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 minute they said you put your pressure on your right foot to turn left because it bends the ski and that causes you to turn, I knew how to ski. 
You know what I mean? Once I figured out why, why am I, right. why I had do to. It, but if you don't understand the mechanism behind it. I didn't know it. why I had to put my right foot and why is my right foot turning me left and, and all. But once somebody said, oh, that's how it works, I knew I how to ski. And then it just all clicked. I think that's a good analogy and I think it does work. And I figured it out just years in, like, you know, like uh, just an honest announcement. No music. Yeah. No blaring music. Just clean voice. You, mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we have your attention, please. You do have a lovely voice. Oh, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, and I and I like it. I like setting up a civil, uh, having the audience be civil. Todd Glass w- uh, were I can honestly say probably worked every improv in the country every Thursday through Sunday for four years, whether he was there or not. Oh, the, the <laughs> right, because you had the opening video. You know the old one, which but, they don't know. If you've never been to an improv, there's an opening video, and they don't play it anymore. The old one was better. Okay, and, and, and there's a new one with me and Jim Brewer. And that's I always the one, feel like I need to what? That's the one that they are they still playing that because no, I haven't they, seen they, it in a while. They, some play the the Jim Brewer one. Okay. It has nothing to do with Jim. It just I, I love Jim, but it right. just has to do with the the first one was. I did it a long time ago, and it was the manager of the improv. I loved that he wanted to do that. He goes, let's uh-huh. do like a be quiet thing. It has guts. Yeah. It says, yeah, you're in a restaurant also, but it's a comedy club first, and it's not the customer's always right. We right. have to lovingly but sternly say that, you know, and uh, you're walking. <laughs> it's in my head. Oh, really? It's a- you're one night at the Dallas Improv, every waiter and waitress, they had it planned, uh-huh. stopped wherever they were at and set it along with it. <laughs> and I melted. It was so overwhelming just because they hear it all the time. Right, the yeah. fact that they did it made me, but it's like, hey, everybody want to walk me to the improv. You know, some people, they're walking by the improv. They go, hey, let's go to the improv. But three people don't want to go. Two people want to go. So they talk during the show. Then the manager comes over. He goes, hey, could you please keep it down? You go, we were just laughing. Stop it already. Talking about a joke 20 minutes after the comedian told it isn't just laughing. If you were laughing, of course, we're not crazy. That's what we love. Don't say, but my uncle's the mayor. My sister owns Chicago. We don't give a shit. (laughs) You come in here. There's good quality comedy. Not that many things in life are that complicated. Laugh, shut up. Laugh, shut up. Now, if you're thinking, wow, that's no way to start a show, that's because you were going to talk. We don't give a shit. Boom. And the music <laughs> kicks in. Which one had the greatest line? It was either that one or the one with Brewer where you're like, nobody has ever been kicked out of a comedy club for laughing yeah, too loud. Like, right, <laughs> but that, we were just laughing. Yeah. No, you weren't. <laughs> I even just brought that back to my pre-announcement. I go, oh, really? I, you know what? I'm serious. And again, I'll move past this. But No, I love I, it. I, I learned the more you tell them the truth. And I say, folks... If you think this has been a wordy announcement up to now, this is the last thing, but it's wordy. There's just no way to say it. Hey, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, don't forget. I do that, literally. And I go, I can tell you when there's people heckling, the door staff is not afraid to go over because people inherently know that's wrong. Right. But when people are just talking, it's not yelling, just talking. The door staff, I'm being genuine with you, is scared to go over. They've seen how annoyed people get, somewhat civil people. It brings a, a, heart, a, a, a quality out in them. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to go over. They're going, you go over. New employees, you yeah, go yeah, over. Yeah. Nobody wants to go over. So in the event, if you're a good, nice person, maybe you had a few drinks and one of our staff has to come over, it doesn't have to be the end of your night. You don't have to shut up and pout. They don't want you to pout. Right. So if there's you to be quiet, just smile back and go, okay, thank you. Yeah. And that ends that bullshit. The doormen tell me, they go, you know what? It really does end that because you know what every people don't realize when you tell someone to be quiet, the door staff goes back to their station and stares at the table because it's fun because you watch a full grown adult pout. Right. Oh, I won't heckle and I won't talk, but they can't believe it happened to them. Like if you showed someone a video 
of that person's reaction and goes, was this person just told to please be quiet in a soft tone or shut the fuck up, you pile of shit, get the fuck out of my restaurant? Which did they say? I guarantee you, After well, by watching this guy's reaction, he wasn't told to please be quiet. I'll tell right, you that. Yeah, yeah. He was told to shut. And you'd be like, no, he was told to. The look on their face is like, what the fuck? Be <laughs> quiet? And then they get to the door staff. They get to the manager. When I was a doorman at a comedy club, I same thing. I told people I had even my own tricks. I would go over and go, listen, I go, last night we had a lot of trouble with some hecklers. Probably were a little overreacting, but can you just keep it down? Right. He oh, went yeah. to the manager and he said, he, I was told him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I remember Steve Young. This is when I was like 19 years old. He goes, let me, let me tell you something. My employees make mistakes. So believe me, they make mistakes. Right. But if, if you want to start all over again, they might have made a mistake, but if you don't want to reconsider that they told you to shut the fuck up, we're done. He goes, he told, because what happens is I think by the time they get to the manager, it's very hard because there, there, there may be some intelligence deep down sure. to go over and go, excuse me, one of your door staff came over, they leaned down and they asked me to please be quiet. <laughs> so they realized that that doesn't sound right. right so they right. had, so the, and the guy goes, he told me to shut the fuck up. And Steve Young, I remembered, he goes, I'm done with you. It wow. can't happen. I can't have a discussion here that I know is based on not the truth. Mm -hmm. They didn't. If you said tone, I could go with. They didn't tell you to shut the fuck up. And that's what I always think of, like, <laughs> when they go, he told me to shut the fuck up. No, 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 I didn't. Come <laughs> up here. Well, uh, wow, I didn't know you were a doorman. Where are you a doorman at? At the Comedy Works in Philly. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know that's how, like, when you're a new comedian, like, you know, you do comedy and then you, like, work at the club. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I did that I did at the that. store. You did that at the yeah, store? Yeah, I got started out here, so I doormaned at the store. How many years? Uh, I got fired within the year. <laughs> Why did you get fired? Because <laughs> it's the fucking comedy store. Somebody just got shot and killed there. The place is this horrible, horrible place. Somebody asked me where it happened, and I was like, it could happen anywhere. It, it, but, but it takes a turn. I, you know, when that tragedy happened, I go, first of all, let's make something very, very clear. It could happen anywhere. Oh, yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere. But you want me to guess? The comedy store. Right. They're like, yes. Yeah. Go. Yeah, the doorman used to sell Coke. That's how they just put it right there. But uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, I worked at the club for a while. Did that help? Did that what? Did that help you? You know, I looked out. I started a club in Philadelphia. Which is gone, right? Long it, is, gone. it is gone. Uh, and and uh, I was 16 when I started doing stand-up. And then about a year after that, after I graduated, or a year and a half, I started working there. Doing the door, mm -hmm. whatever. Door, sound. You just, yeah, you yeah. know, you did whatever you had to do. And um, the owner had great taste in comedy, and I think it taught me a lot. Like, literally, the guys I would see, now, uh, of course, I'm mentioning the ones that have gone on to, you know, have sure. names, but uh, I remember it. I remember people very well that did not go on to be successful that were hilarious, too. They're in my, they're in my comedy heart, too. But Like who? Guys like, uh, you know, guys like... Um, uh, 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 you know Steve Steve Schaefer that mm -hmm. you know isn't a household name, right? Or right. Guys like uh, 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 Glenn Hirsch, mm -hmm. or you know, not everybody knows Carol Liefer, right? I, right. Sure. Comedians all know Carol, yeah, Liefer. yeah. But like you know, the really funny people. But the but like everybody from like Jay Leno, Jerry Seinfeld, they were already pretty big acts. You know, uh, G Gary Shandling, uh, you know, Gilbert Godfrey, mm. Stephen Wright, Paul Reiser. So I would get to see some great comedians. Yeah. And uh, Jeff DeHart was a comedian that I remember. Uh, <laughs> um, Todd, Todd gets this genuine smile on his face when he when he says those names. Well, because I won't want to just remember the ones that are that have gone on to be famous. I know. It seems like. But uh, so I saw great comedy. And, you know, the, uh, so I did. I learned a lot. And the, the owner of that club, man, Steve Young, he was 
he was he loved stand up comedy mm -hmm. and he was really supportive. I perceived him to me was really uh, supportive. You know, oh, that's great. Comedians, yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, Mitzi really wasn't. No. <laughs> I, had to, I had to try Mitzi Shore. Mitzi Shore is the owner of the uh, comedy store, Polly Shore's mother. Um, and I, I will speak nice of the soon to be dead because she's. That sounded crass. I meant that legitimately nice because she's old and on her way out. So I'll speak kindly of her. But um, I had to drive her. They had a death trap of a limo that you had to drive Mitzi around in. And I had to go pick her up at the La Jolla Comedy Store, which I'll be next weekend. Uh, hit me up for tickets. Is that true? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you drove from San Diego all the way here? I drove from here to San Diego to pick her up to come back in this death trap of a limo. Oh, God, I just love the image of that. Like her in there, like royalty. Yeah, think, but think about... You know, when was last? Nobody really has limos anymore. They're no, all SUVs. But it's it's a little much for limos. Yeah, it's like a '78 limo it's too. So, so it's not. It has that like weird wing in the back sticking up the. I don't. Some sort of antenna, I guess. I don't know. It. Oh, they had for the phone, right, right, right. They had that like it looked like it, like you said a wing in the back. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. was for the phone. It was the for the TV phone. Yeah, yeah. An antenna, and it had like a mirrored kind of thing in the bar. and it just shook at like 70 <laughs> and i remember i went down and picked her up and she and she was like we we're going this is how she talks we're going to the steakhouse for dinner i'm like okay she's like you take the exit off of and a, and a, you know four you miles said words. does that mean you too but me too it was gonna be me and her at dinner but i'm like okay mitzi i gotta pull over and get gas no I want to go to the steakhouse. I'm like, okay, Mitzi, but I just got to flow. I'm on E. I just got to. No, we'll get it after the steakhouse. I'm like, all right. I'm a young kid. I don't know. Ten minutes later, just dead on the 405. Uh, let me guess. Not take responsibility. Go, how could you pick me up so low on gas? <laughs> Am I right or not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had to leave her in the back. She's like, why, why are we out of gas? I'm like, Mitzi, because we just ran out of gas. He's like, oh. And it's like Sunday afternoon or something. And I had to get out and walk because uh, I didn't have a cell phone. You know, so I had to get out and walk to the gas station, go get gas in a thing, come back, fill it up. Fill it back. I pick her up. Drive back. She's just cussing me out for an hour and a half on the why are you fucking get gang? Did you I, go eat your steak? What? No, we didn't get the steak dinner. We missed the steak dinner. Didn't even get the steak dinner. I'm famished. Right? <laughs> Pull into the comedy store. Everybody's got their nose up her butt in that place, man. And they were just like, "Oh, Mitzi, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so you had to go through that." I'm like, "I'm the one who had to hike five miles because she wanted a steak dinner. Nothing. No, nothing over nothing here for me. Anyway, fired." Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been going over to the store a little bit lately. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I do like, I've had some really fun nights. And there. hold on. I've, I felt, I didn't mean the, the way that came out about talking ill about that. I'm just saying, hey, I'm just saying she's very sick and she's going to be gone soon. And I don't want to. I said the same thing about the gunshot. So, like, I, okay. you know, I know what you know. I was saying, like, well, but like, I, I just don't go over there that often, even though when I go over there, you know, it, it has had an image over the years of a more of a gruff place, but mm -hmm. I feel like all the newer comedians, it's almost adorable or endearing, it maybe is a better word, that they, they don't want it to be that way. So when I feel like when I go over there, they're so kind and so sweet and like right. so embracing. Um, so some nights I like to go to the store. I treat it like going into the city. <laughs> like it's a different, I don't do it all the time. It feels right. different. You can pop around the different rooms. I love to smoke pot. You can go upstairs to the yeah. valley room. Or it's, it's a, hey, by the way, if I had money, like, you know, like anybody who has money, like, you know, whoever, I can never think of a celebrity. Mr. Money Pants. Uh, I would want to buy that place in a heartbeat because I think the soul and the, the idea of three rooms, I would just mm -hmm. make some changes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I would, I would 
think I would I would want to do that because it just it just needs like a, I wouldn't take off any of those pictures on the walls or anything. Right, That's right. The soul of it. Oh, yeah. You know, it needs like a you know a little bit of a whitewash. Yeah, I and I've take started those rugs out of there. I bet they would smell, oh. would smell better. Yeah. I start, I've started going back there again, and it was funny. I even had listeners come out the night I went back because they knew. I was like, oh, we said I'd never step foot in that place again. And then the night I went back, like five listeners were like, they were like, we, of course we're coming back. Yeah. We, <laughs> we want to see this. And then it's like I had a good time that night, and then I went back again, and it was like the same old place that I left. And then uh, so I don't know. I go back and forth on it. But I'm some, an guys, some guys I respect. I know I'm an improv guy. That's me. I I, I love the energy down there. The yeah. doormen are like it just it just even though with all the changes over the years and some you know they move the bar there. Right. Okay, yeah, you have to get over it. Otherwise, you're just a guy who walks into the improv and tells everyone how great it used to be. And guess what? <laughs> Younger people don't give a fuck. Right, right. So I just make new. Memories. Well, we're not having a good time right now. Yeah, I thought yeah, we were having exactly. a good time. Yeah, oh, I thought okay. we were having a good time. Oh, I guess I'm sorry. I guess yeah. not. So you get over it and you make new memories. And, yeah. Um, and uh, but I love the improv. The door staff. They're just a great energy down there. I will say this man uh when i went to record my album that came out this year i i I wanted to do it in town i contacted three different clubs the one i got started at gave me shit but the improv was like oh really you want to do it at our club here's this state this state this state this state pick whichever one you want they promoted my show probably more than any other club has promoted me ever they had a huge banner out on the you know recording live here and you know on the date or whatever it's put out there for a month Hands down, one of my favorite clubs. Yeah, me too. And there's a reason why there's so many of them, and they're so professional. And I say, I say this uh, many times on this. I remember I was, I think I was working in Ontario or Irvine, and four guys rolled up and were just hammered. And the door, and I was talking to the manager, and the doorman comes up. He's like, "Hey, man, we got four guys who are obviously too drunk." And the manager reaches in his pocket, gives him four free passes, says, "Hey, say, uh, you know, apologize. Say you've had a little bit too much to drink tonight. Here's four free passes. Come back next week." Uh, what a way to handle that, yeah, man! You're, you're, Instead of let's put them in the front row because they're going to buy more drinks. Yeah, I'm, that's the story I always tell about the DC improv. Same thing. Yeah, you will never hear someone go. Uh, you know that first that table in the first row was obnoxious. You'll never hear a doorman go. I know I dealt with them in line because they wouldn't get to the first. Right, row. right. Some clubs they do. You yeah, just of course. Don't have a, a plan implemented, but anyway. Were there a ton of one nighters out in the Philly area when you started? There were. I never really went on the road any because at that time there were five or six clubs right this in This is road stories, Todd. Yeah. This is road stories. Well, I know I do have uh, one-nighters. that I did. <laughs> They were all around Philadelphia. The first, the first paid job I ever got was to go to – it was with Wayne Fetterman. Oh, yeah. The first paid, like, road job. Really? I went to the D.C. Improv. Did you know, know Wayne ahead of time? Or? I didn't know Wayne. This I is met where him. you met Wayne? Uh, say that again. This is where you met Wayne. This is my wet Wayne. Hilarious. Did I say Wayne Fetterman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I met Wayne Fetterman. Uh, I was at a club in Washington, D.C. called the Comedy, not Connection, Comedy, I forget, the Cafe. Mm-hmm. And it was above a strip joint that the owner owned. He owned both? He owned the strip joint, which was called, I think, Archibalds. And then <laughs> upstairs was the Comedy Club. A pretty cool little comedy club, tight, nicely run. I think it was called Archibalds. Why is that a funny <laughs> That's name? That's a funny name for a strip club. God, I wonder if I'm right. I think That's it was. That's hilarious. Uh, Only if we had a way to find that out. Well, I wonder if you could. Hold on, let me move my computer out of the way. What'd you say? I said I think it was Archibald. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. And the owner we'll call said, Wayne later. Don't <laughs> drop the mic and don't talk about the strippers. So of course I thought it was funny to drop the mic and go, Oh, the strippers didn't hear it. And he yelled at me after the show so much that I started to uh, uh cry. Oh really? Like I hold it back a little. Sure, I sure. tried to. And then I felt worse because he saw that I was 
getting a little bit teary-eyed and he felt bad but i'm watching a guy who does not know how to really so now i feel bad for him because i you know what i mean i'm aware he feels horrible right, he right. how to show it but i was so like oh i've never been yelled at like that before so i was like started to choke up then i just followed the rules the rest of the week I didn't do anything <laughs> wrong but um yeah that was uh that was comedy cafe in dc and huh. that's the first time i ever drank oh really i drank once before that once before that. you're like what 18 at this point maybe yeah it could be 18 yeah yeah 18 uh so i never really drank before maybe one time before that with my friend uh with two of my friends that i worked at with dairy queen at but uh that was it <laughs> and then i got so drunk at a place in downtown uh what's that college town near dc uh where everybody goes georgetown georgetown so i went down there and got drunk with another comedian and oh my god i was like <laughs> i was like just uh and and then um but that was like crazy back then. You're yeah. putting it, you know, you're at a hotel and you're doing shows. Yeah, yeah. Wayne was a super nice guy. And Wayne's awesome. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne's <laughs> always been very nice. Loves Archibalds, I hear. <laughs> Wayne just can't get enough of Arch- What a weird name for a strip club. Now I really want to find out if that, I'm almost positive. I, I believe you, but I just think they right put downstairs. so much thought into the comedy cafe, alliteration, and, and all this. And what do we call Archibalds? Or what was that? What was the comedian who passed away? Uh, You'll know as soon as I say, just notorious partier, strippers. Bad. Not Sam Kinison. No, 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 no. He he wasn't really that. He was really, who was he Kinison's open? No, he wasn't part of the Outlaws. Oh, what's his name? John Fox. You remember John Fox? Yeah, John Fox. There's like John Fox. Oh, that's in the I Am Comic. Isn't John Fox the one that would like, there's notorious stories about he would like masturbate into the, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Master. Hold on a second. Uh, Mom, uh, <laughs> turn down the volume for a minute. I, I didn't want to say jerk. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's into the, the ice tray or something. The, or the mayonnaise jar or whatever. Yeah, something Yeah, like that's that. the guy. Ugh. Anyway, he had a joke about Archibald something or other he was notorious for. I don't know why I thought of that. Uh. I will say this. He's the only uh, person I've ever seen who a stripper brought him drugs to the club. <laughs> Like, like what year? What, like, where was, is this? Where is this? This was, I don't know, not, uh, 2000. Cause it was after I came back. So I was still doing a lot of feature work. So it was 2008. I didn't even know he died. He died two years ago. He had like, he was he like stage four colon cancer or something. But he's you know, like, he talked to me, him and the uh, uh, MC talked me to go into a strip club with him. And, uh, I don't really, I'm not a huge strip club fan and I know, oh, everybody said, but I'm, I'm not. Um, and I went there and the strippers were like, John, we heard, ah. you, we heard you're coming and pulled out a bag of marijuana pot brownies and cookies. Like, here, we bake these for you and everything. That might've been the last time. That's I, a guy who goes to a strip club a lot. A lot. That might've been the last time I've ingested marijuana. Now that I think about it. I didn't start. I started on the, probably on the road about when I was 30. Yeah, smoking smoke pot. Up until then. Can Once. you smoke pot before you go on stage? Good question. Um, Thank you. I, I overwhelmingly don't. Uh-huh. Uh But it has worked. Okay. It has worked and done a lot of good things. You know, I I think George Carlin once said, "Use it as a reward." So what I try to do is think, "All right, that did that that loosened you up. You took the bit longer. Now do it without pot." Don't just be able to do it with pot. Okay. And that will happen. I'll do the same joke the next night. I go, remember with on your pot, it took your guard down a little, got your filter down a little. The problem is that if I do it, 
I forget my material a lot. Uh-huh. So what I try to do is like the best place it ever worked out, they just happen to have a music stand at the uh, – because the stool is there, but it's, you know, you have to maybe pick the the music stand. You know, you get it right where you want it. You tilt that. Sure. And then I had a watch that I taped onto it so I could see my material if I need it. Big black Sharpie, not uh-huh. like written in pencil where I had to pick it up. Nice, clean notes on two pieces of uh, printing paper. The watch, I know how – Time I have, mm-hmm. then I could really love it. Yeah, I can really love it. But overall, I would say majority of the time I don't on right. the road. Now in town, doing ten minute spots a lot. Yeah, but on the road when I have to do an hour. And this comes from a non judgmental. I judge not. Yeah. So I wish I, I can't smoke pot anymore. I smoked pot in college, high school, loved it. Took I don't know. I went straight edge for like six years, like no drinking, no drug, nothing like that. And when I came back, it was so powerful. I, I take one hit, I laugh for a half hour, and then I cry and wonder what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> it's not it's not fun. Yeah, everybody has a different experience. I've been fun. around people like, come on, you. I go, no, it doesn't do somebody right. It doesn't yeah. do them right. But it does for me still. Mm-hmm. I went through one period where um, uh, my ex's intern uh, was living. Intern. Yeah. Okay. Was living, living here. here. Living here at my house for uh, six months, he needed a place to live, and he lived. Wait, here. was your ex here also? Or? No, we had uh, already okay. broken up. And but he's but we're still very amicable, and he needed a place. To, I tell you this for a reason. So when he, Rob was like twenty one <laughs> years old, I hope so. He smoked what? <laughs> I hope you're telling me this for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Why would he? What's no, he just, um, and he smoked pot. You know, he's twenty one years old. Uh-huh. He smoked pot seven days a week. Sure. And I started smoking pot six, seven days a week, mm-hmm. and stopped enjoying it. That was like hmm. two years ago. And uh, now I'm back to what I normally do. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, probably. It's still a decent amount. Yeah. But it's, it's I think if, if it's the reason it still works for me, it still gets out of your system. Mm-hmm. So when I smoke, I feel it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll smoke like four nights a week. That's a, that's a nice amount of pot smoking. It's yeah. not like once a month. It's yeah. four or five times a week. Um, but uh, it, it seems to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I still, I love it. I, I, love I, it. I, I would love to smoke pot. Because I, I, to me... Like coming home, the kids asleep, throw on a movie, burn one, chill, go to bed. That sounds like an awesome night. That just sounds like a good, nice, relaxing yeah. night from a drink? stressful day. I do drink. Here's a, and again, I don't want to sound like one of those people that you know is like uh, trying to get you to like you know nobody needs vices if they don't. If they're right, right. But no. like, can you stop with my arm twisting, please? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate. Just put your arm back in your pocket. Thank you. Did you ever think like? Maybe you hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry, that's the worst impression of a bong ever. Let me see if I can do a better one. <laughs> I had actual real water yeah, and I couldn't I was, do it. I had, so you're I had I was trying to cheat from the, the, the weed you made me smoke before this. So maybe I have it. You maybe you're smoking. Did you ever think of giving it a shot where you just take a little like a little puff? Well, here's the problem when I did it again and I had a roommate who was a total wake and baker and uh, I, I, I shouldn't have smoked his you know what i mean like why if i'm gonna because it was so strong yeah if i'm gonna start racing cars maybe not start off with mario andretti maybe yeah. maybe work my way up and i think that's what i did and it just fucking it just it just it doesn't work for me the show being road stories this would be apropos when i was in houston i did uh, the owner uh his wife made a batch because i said i never had pot brownies mm-hmm. pot cookies pot whatever she made me a batch uh like six or seven pot cookies and i told mark i said said, how many should I have? Or he goes, well, he asked me, you know, how often I smoke pot. At that point, it could have been once a week. If right. that. Yeah. He goes, you know what? Have a half of a half because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you can always take more. But it's 
But no one told me it's slow acting. No one told, I always tell people, nobody told me it was a body high. I had to literally go, it was like my body. They're like, oh, it's a body high. And no one, so anyway, I started eating half a one, uh-huh. nothing, a quarter, nothing. By the time I had a whole one, I did feel it about 35 minutes later. Right. And I was aware enough to know, this is at the, at the Houston Laugh Stop, I was self-aware enough to know, don't eat those cookies to now please your appetite because there's more pot in there. Right, right. <laughs> and I had three. Oof. And I woke up, I remember laying in bed. It felt good. Mm-hmm. It was weird, but I was like little, like if hallucinating was on a scale from one to 10, 10 being crazy, a two. Okay. But there was definitely, you know, I would look at an image and I would take that image and triple it up. Sure, and then sure. It would, and then I could blink my eyes and even shake it out. You mm-hmm. know, it was very, but um. so the next day he picks me up for radio. It's like, you know, whatever, seven in the morning. Yeah. And I'm so out of it that I forget he's the one that gave me, and I thought it looked unprofessional. You know, you're young, you don't want to look like, mm-hmm. you know, show you, you're high, picking you up for radio. So, you know, right, right. For whatever the reason, that doesn't, you know, I'm sure he's dealing with comedians. But, um, so he's used to it. But uh, yeah. we go through the McDonald's drive through and I don't say anything. And he goes, how, he goes, you know, to get some Egg McMuffin. And I can tell you my logic behind it. Normally, I don't want one Egg McMuffin, I want two. Mm-hmm. I've gotten three halfway through the third one. I'm, yeah, I'll throw it out. So two and a half. I can eat two and a half. It's easy. So I th- said four. <laughs> because to me, two and a half is when I'm not high. Whatever right, the right. fuck is in me now, I want. So when he goes four, he goes four. He goes, how many of those pot cookies did you eat? I go, oh, my God, Mark, I'm freaking out. I forgot that he was the one that gave them to me. I go, Mark. And I told him, he's like, whoa. So we, you know, he felt really bad. He right, didn't right. tell me how, you know, that he didn't tell me to eat four of them. Mm. And then I went and did radio, and he told them that I was, he had to tell them. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because I was. Were I, you in your own head now? I was, in, I was just, just feeling like, it was crazy. I can't even explain it, but it was like, it, it wasn't bad. I, it was just this, the body high. Yeah. The body now, high. What's a body high? It's like your legs are warm, uh-huh. your arms are warm, a heaviness, but not a bad heaviness, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. At least that's what I experienced. And on the radio, I kept saying, are we on the air? And they're like, yes. And then like the fifth time I go, are we on there? They go, are you serious? I go, I got you, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, I was like, right, right. I was still, but that was, uh, that was, um, yeah, that was the first time I ever did uh, pop brownies on the road. Have you ever had anything thrown at you on stage? Wow, that's a g- good question too. I've never been asked that. And yes. I ask a lot of questions. Um, I've asked two. I had one situation <laughs> where, have thrown on me where a, uh, a girl took a piece of straw. Mm-hmm. This is not a big, a big thing or anything. And she uh, flicked it at me. You know, she went like this, and it's very uh, insulting. It's like you're some piece of shit. Yeah. And her, especially the flick. Yeah, it's like she went like that, like ugh. And mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it just it just brushed my shirt or mm-hmm. something. And then I went, okay, is that not a big deal? And I went back and I did it to her. I said, let me show And the guy got so furious. And I remember thinking, God, if you were half intelligent, you'd use that opportunity to go, yeah, we don't care. Right. It doesn't matter. Just say, like, he's proving my point. But it was just the flick of the, uh, it was a flick of the, just a straw at me. And the only other thing, now that was the, one other time, somebody was being so rude in the first row. And it was like a one night or not a yeah, comedy yeah. club where they would have dealt with it. And, um, I took a drink. I took my bottle of water and I went, Oh, do, there's no civil, civil, there's no civility here. So 
So you don't know what's right or wrong. So I guess you wouldn't know when it's on my end either. And then we could all get along. But you're not one of those people. If I do something wrong, then all of a sudden, you know, right from wrong. Right. You're, oh, please, please just at least be someone that you have no fucking idea. That way I can do shit to you. You can do shit to me and you won't fucking know. So I poured water in her jacket. She got <laughs> so mad and that I, she ended up bringing me to court. What? Now this was like, you know, a long time ago. So I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was on like a, uh, like if you littered. Yeah. It was some type of fine like that public, uh, I forget what it was, but right, she right. brought me to okay. court. I wow. went to court and, uh, you know, her, her brother cut our lawn. Like he had a lawn service mm-hmm. and he, he threw it all. He, he was still friends with me. Sure. We were talking, then we were going to go to court and he was cutting lawn. He's like, what do you think is going to happen? I go, and I told him, he goes, I think you're going to lose all because it's sort of your job to handle that. But right. my sister, you know, he, he was, we were civil about it. Oh, that's cool. So I went into court. And uh, the ju- the judge, um, basically at one point, she kept saying, all I did, this was a great judge, I couldn't believe it. He, he goes, she kept saying, all I did was talk. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, I'm not, I haven't made a decision on this yet. Mm-hmm. We're in small claims court. No one's going to jail. He goes, but don't, when you keep saying all you did was talk, it's not like he is a carpenter and as you talk, he can keep doing his work. You're stopping him from his job. So let's at least call it for what it is. You're stopping him from working. Let's just call it that because you are. Wow. And uh, and then she would go on and on. And, and then uh, he, he goes, well, and again, I was like, who the fuck is this judge? He <laughs> right. used to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> and this part, I think, am I making this up? Like when I've told this story, yeah. this next part, I go, but he did. He goes, maybe he didn't have it, but he goes, Listen, I know what it's like. I sit behind this bench and I have the law behind me. And I know what it's like when people are disrespectful and talking. He goes, and I have the law behind me. And then when I don't have the law behind me, he said something like a joke. Like, yeah, I also have this bat. <laughs> right, you know, right, or something right, yeah, like yeah. that. And I was like, wow. And then uh, and then my friend Chris Kosha got up to, to defend me. And he goes, in all fairness, I've made my decision. And my friend Chris goes, oh, it's such a good thing, Randy. You know, and uh, he just he uh, decided, you know. With no. you? He said he offered to pay your dry cleaning. Already? Okay, well, now. And she goes, and then he said, no, now, now, whatever it is, he just dismissed it. And then she goes, well, can he still pay my dry cleaning? And he goes, no. He offered to do that up front. No, not dragging him here. No, you pay your own dry cleaning. And next time you go to a club, he didn't, oh, that's what he did say, just for what it's worth. He didn't think I returned any uh, behavior that was more egregious than hers. Uh, he goes, yes, if he would have spit on you or if he would have punched you, mm-hmm. but he threw water on your jacket. You admitted that, you know, you were yelling out and right. screaming because something I said, asked her a question. She went, oh, I'm a whore, everybody. I'm a whore, thinking that's where I was going to go, which I wasn't. Right, right. Anyway, was that that story was so boring. Right. Was my wife in the club? <laughs> I feel like that story was horrible. No, that's right. That was a horrible callback to you calling my wife a whore. I didn't mind. Which I don't know if you did we that did on, it air. on air or, <laughs> or not. So. Oh, before we went on the air, I asked you. I go just so your listeners. I go. I go. Just I don't know that much. You know, we don't know that much about each other. Right. But I go. Was, I asked Mary. I go. Oh, did you have any? Does your wife have any kids from a previous marriage? Just learning. And he goes, uh, "What do you say? My wife's a whore." <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Uh, a lot of people can call back jokes that work. I, I, call I call back, back jokes they heard. They heard, yeah. I call back jokes they haven't heard. By the way, that's the other thing I've done when I've drank too much on stage. If I have uh, five drinks or under, mm-hmm. just from proven from my record, my show will be absolutely fine. Right. Does the sixth, sixth drink make it horrible? Maybe not, but it's when it starts creeping into that sure. territory. And I would do callbacks to jokes I didn't do. 
And the worst is when I would do callbacks to Bobby Miyamoto's jokes that he didn't do. Because sometimes if I know he does it yeah, yeah, yeah. over and over again, I'll go out on stage and I'll be like, hey, folks, how about a hand for Bobby Ballsack? Because he has a joke about right, that. Right. And then I no laugh at all. I go, Bobby, did you do your joke about? <laughs> he goes, no, I didn't. Uh, that's hilarious. Well, that's funny. Um, I'm thinking I, uh, I just stumbled across Todd Glass a set on Showtime or something. He doesn't even remember doing it. Uh, but he looked very nice. Wait, you, just recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you when I walked in, you were doing you're something from South by Southwest or something. That's oh, yeah, on. yeah, yeah. But I didn't know I did it. I didn't do anything with uh, you said with who? I thought it was no. W. Kamal Bell. I no, could be no, wrong. No, you're wrong. The, by the way, that was Steve Fine Arts. That was South by Southwest. And okay. Steve Fine Arts directed that. And he's done like In Ruins with Eddie yeah, Pepitone. Yeah. And he did such well, I, I'm Showtime along with him, but not good for them for hiring him. Right. I, I, was, I, was, I liked my material, but more than that, I was so happy with what he did with that. So I appreciate that compliment. And uh, I, I, he just edited beautifully. You know, oh. when someone's editing and they know comedy. Mm, yeah, yeah. God damn it. It's to let things breathe. It's the first time in my career where I really have watched somebody edit comedy that knows comedy and lets things breathe. And that's what I thought he did with that Showtime thing. I, I really liked that. I liked the way it looked. Yeah, it looks it, great. The, the crowd was dark. Mm -hmm. The set was... Just did a really nice job. I do a lot of writing for television, and I have had more than one editor save my ass on some shit I have written. <laughs> and just the way they edit it is like, oh, thank you. When editors it, know what they're doing, I say it's it's editing mixed with therapy, maybe just because the way it makes you feel. But like when they take something you do, and then you watch it, even on the first draft, and you're like, oh, my God, I want to <laughs> hug them. That's right. right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Um, but you looked very nice on that. Black thank shirt. You. Do you always wear black on I stage? do. I just, you know what? It just, I, the, 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 obvious that it was nice not to have to think about what to wear yeah so i just go with dark levi jeans dark black shirt i sweat i can't even wear dark blue oh really you're a sweater sweat. so i just wear black you know i feel good cool, cool mm -hmm. pair of shoes my listeners know and i've stopped this my i because I, I have very i have a few superstitions before i go on stage and i used to wear the same outfit for the week and what was it it was whatever oh, it didn't matter it didn't i had like four you know shirts three pants that I wear and I wear this and unless for some reason I tanked on Thursday, then I'm changing it up for Friday. But it's like, it's the only sports thing I do is, you know, like my brother's a big jock and he like never washed his Jersey in the playoffs or whatever. So I would never, but then after the, about the ninth show and the 12th show run in Vegas, you start stinking and smelling. Yeah, so now I change, but <laughs> I'm thinking about wearing it. I'm doing Vegas next month. I'm thinking about wearing a suit. I wish I could wear a suit. I love the way it looks, but I would sweat too much. Oh, yeah. I haven't even thought about the sweating but, part. I mean, even if you got the lightest like, yeah. material, but still. But I'm doing a Netflix special in December, and I really, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I won't wear a suit, but I don't, I only want to wear one because I just like the way it looks. Yeah. It looks cool, and, um, but um, I think it might be too hot for me. Yeah. I could wear the, like I wear the jeans and then the black mm -hmm. shirt, and sometimes I have like a, a light jacket that I'll wear that makes it feel dressed up a little. I wore I wore a suit uh, at the Irvine Improv like last year and it was awful and I felt uncomfortable and I didn't like it and I didn't like the way the suit fell on Did you me. Have a tie? I had a tie. Yeah. The whole night. I'm like, hey, why not? It's the new Improv. It's 500 seats. It's a new place. Let's do this. It was so bad. It went terrible. But my wife got me a suit and I wore it to a party the other night and it felt great. Like I felt good in it and yeah. I, and I was like, mom, mom, hi. I call ah. my wife mom. Well, not a lot. What Mommy. were we saying about therapy earlier? <laughs> I'm like, Mayor, I think I can wear this on stage. And she's like, you know, 
where are you going to? I'm like, well, maybe Vegas. You know, she's like, well, don't wear it to the fucking ice house. Everybody shows up in flip flops, you know. Yeah. But I'm thinking, and it's a three piece. It's a vest, you know, and, and a jacket, and it, and it fits. No tie, no tie. Yeah, you don't got to wear a tie. Don't wear a tie, but it felt good. So I'm thinking about doing that. I'm a little, I wish I could do that. Like Paul F. Tompkins and guys like Greg Proops, they dress oh, yeah. so beautifully. But it's just, it would be too hot. But I think if I try, like, maybe getting a light, 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 like the thinnest suit you can get, it might be. Might Something be cool. like somebody'd wear in Miami. It's yeah, like, but it's like, not like, like sam- salmon colored linen. No, no, black. I'll go with black. Uh, maybe like Sears Sucker, but it's all black. I don't know. Oh, I don't even know if they make cares. those. I know. We're rambling on about yeah, that. Todd, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. I appreciate it. I know a lot about you now. I know a lot about you, and you're a good guy. Thank you. I feel as if maybe, uh, I don't know, I might be foot putting the car before the horse here, but maybe you should come over for Christmas. Really? Yeah. I'm there. Right. You know what you said on the phone that made me laugh because it was so, like, you go, I enjoyed our comfortable moments and our comfortable moments. You know, you said something about, like, our awkward silence. Uh, sometimes I get, it's so weird. I'll get, it was very perceptive of you because there is that sometimes. I don't think it'll happen anymore. I feel like, but when I meet people, sometimes I get a little nervous. Uh-huh. And then sometimes I fucking own the room. I, right. I walk into a room, I feel comfortable i use you know to uh, my comfortability to relax everybody else mm-hmm. and I, i'm that i'm that too but also sometimes and i do i get around some people sometimes and i get like awkward so when you pointed that out i'm like god oh, what a perceptive thing to say and that also made me not feel awkward anymore right that you were so perceptive to well i embrace that instead of like going you know it's all good you know it's okay <laughs> hey, well, you yeah, are yeah no. my i i have intimidating good looks and um <laughs> If you Why don't, if you don't see the overbite, which takes it down, it can be in, intimidating. Plus, I think when we ran into each other at the improv the other night, I was a little drunk, and so I was probably making things awkward anyway. So, with the improv, we ran into each other at the improv, like. Oh, you what? said the other night. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, listen, I'm from the south. The other night could be last right. Thursday or four years ago. So, but this was this was before the podcast festival. So but now we're good. Yeah, everything I think is working out, and Christmas is going to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> do you do Pollyanna or? I don't know what that means. Well, where everybody you have, you don't know what a Pollyanna is. No, no, it's a it's movie. Like if, you have, if you have six bro, if you have six people in your family, instead of you buy everybody a gift, uh-huh. which is the way we used to do it, and then we went to Pollyanna a few years ago, so much easier. Now we just do the kids, which is even oh, better. Right. But uh, Pollyanna means you pick a name out of a hat, and that's who you're responsible. for. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have been clear. It's just going to be you and me. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what if I thought, like, oh, he's got a wife and a kid. It'll be nice. It'll feel like Christmas. Oh, no, Todd, they went out of town. Yeah, they left me. me. They left me. I'm in, like, a studio apartment downtown. Just sitting there. Todd, yeah, on your way over, can you bring a tree? (laughs) With lights, with rope? Yeah. Because I remember you were talking about that. (laughs) Oh, Todd is very handy. I just realized that also. Hey, man, so where can we catch you? So you're doing your Netflix special. It's very exciting. Where are you taping that? When does this drop? Sunday. Sunday? It's Uh, actually live. Uh, today is Sunday, actually. Um, I will be at the, uh, oh, I'll be at the DC improv Halloween weekend. Oh, to actually nice. getting ready for my special and sort of running it as much as I can. And then I'm doing the Velveeta room in, in, in Austin, uh, in, in oh. Austin. What did I say? I said Austin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Austin, the Velveeta room, I think it's, I don't have the date in front of me, but it's like, if you go to the Velveeta room website, it's like the second weekend in November. I'm mm-hmm. very excited to do that. Because that room's going to be great. And the guy who runs it is into it. We're going to make it look so cool. It's a great room. And uh, and then uh, uh, I'll be in uh, Philadelphia the day after Christmas at the Comedy Cabaret in Bucks County. They're the only three dates that are on my head. Oh, I'm doing, you know what I'm doing that's going to be fun? And I love doing this. I'm doing all Jim Gaffigan's Boston dates 
and then I'm doing all Jim Gaffigan's um, Minneapolis dates. Oh, okay. So that is always – I wouldn't want to just do 15 minutes all the time. Right. But it is pure joy doing it once sometimes. It's just easy. Yeah. It's, do one show, go out to dinner with you another comedian. You audience all warmed up. It's so, the sweet spot. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you're going on the road with Jim Gaffigan? Yeah. That's cool. So there's my date. Um, what's in Bucks County? The Comedy Cabaret. How long has that been there? 30 – over 30 years. That must be the one my aunt keeps telling me about. It's above a Mexican restaurant called yes. Poco's. And it's uh, – I do my spin on it. There's yeah. a club. I do my spin like you wouldn't. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I Should I tell you? Yeah. I know we're going to break. Uh, it sounds weird, but let me tell you something. It doesn't look a little better when I do it. It's uh, night and fucking day. Really? Everything lower. Lower the lights. Lower the lights. He's got signs on the wall that say uh, hypnotism classes. He takes them all off for me. He's happy to do it. The week before when they know I'm coming in, Sunday night when they're doing their last show or Saturday, just go around. They're on Velcro. It takes all the signs off the mm-hmm. walls and um, lowers the light in the hallway. Black tablecloths. Okay. It pulls it. It's just night and day. I have it there. Three-piece jazz band. So when people walk into the room, it's, we gel a few lights red. Now it's a red room. No signs all over the place. Three-piece band and black suits playing jazz as they're being seated. I love transforming it. It's just, it's just you people walk in, they're like, holy shit. And um, if club's been there forever, right. it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, I got to, just from seeing you around town, doing 10 minutes here and there and just parts of that because I leave, uh, not because of you, because you're in and out of the room. That came off dickish. I apologize. No, you did. Okay. Uh, I got to say, I want to check your full set, man. That sounds awesome. It's fun to sometimes, you know, there's Carolines in New York where you can go watch people do yeah. full sets. Maybe maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. It just seems like in L.A. I wish there was a club like, you know, like you get to see because I love to go see. Well, I guess you do. You go see Eddie Pepitone do an hour. Or something yeah. Yeah. If you wanted or Kindler. Just, yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway. All right. I don't want to check it out. All right. Todd Glass. Thank you so much. Uh, come check out Todd when he comes to your town. He's obviously very funny. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Goodbye. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, kettle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone, one big law and order man.